Well, hello, guys. Go ahead, turn to your neighbor that you so rudely ignored last week and tell them that you were praying that you would sit by them tonight. All right, all right, all right, all right. Maybe that wasn't true, but go ahead, turn to your other neighbor and say, God works in mysterious ways, and I didn't pray for this, but I'm so stoked that I'm sitting next to you tonight. Man. Hey, friends, I'm so glad that y'all are here tonight. If we haven't met before, my name is Jacob. I'd love to meet every single one of you, but I got my work cut out. As we head into the next four weeks leading up to fall retreat, which y'all should for sure be at, we'll be in this series called Known. And during this series, we're going to walk through Psalm 139. And this series is all about the fact that we are both fully known and fully loved. And that that should deeply impact our identity. Identity is an important topic and it's a hot topic today. People are obsessed with creating their identity, whether they think about it or not. And I want you guys to gain a clear picture of how the most secure and complete and meaningful identity that you could ever have is found in Jesus Christ alone and what he says about you. But I, I want to start off tonight by actually sharing with you about one of my most irrational fears or anxieties is maybe a better word. And that's the experience that all of us have had at one point in our life, which is going through security at the airport. I don't know about, I, I, I don't think I'm alone, but every time it's about to be my turn to go through security, I start to like sweat a little bit. I start to game plan in my head, like, okay, my laptop's there. Like, do I got to take my shoes out because I better do that first? Like, I start trying to game plan where everything's going to go and, and how I'm going to get it out. And, and it, I'm sure you can all relate at some level. Um, I want to give you a little glimpse into, like, what's going on in my head. So I have this video that I thought was hilarious. I'd love to show you all here. Take your That's how I feel. I feel like if I do anything wrong, I'm getting screamed at. I start trying to like decipher like, you know, is this one of those airports where like you got to take your shoes off and, and if you don't do that, you're going to get yelled at? Or is this one of those places where you even have to take your hoodie off like that guy was screaming about? So I'm like, okay, I got to get that off quick and now I'm starting to sweat even more. Maybe it's one of those airports where like you got to take out your laptop and your iPad and you got to put everything in a different bin. And then you're like, I forgot about that granola bar that was like way down in my bag and I know they're going to flag that, so I got to take that out. And then of course, you knew and you made sure that all of your liquids were travel size. And I'm like, dude, there's no way none of these are 3.4 ounces. Please do not throw away my stuff. And so you go through that whole process and it goes so fast and I'm like, I just want to get through the gauntlet of the security line, get to my gate so I can go where I want to go. And as ridiculous as all of that is, I think I realized something, and it's this. 
Sometimes, if you want to go somewhere significant, you must first be searched. Like, if we want to go somewhere on a plane, we need to be searched. And we'll find out tonight that if we want to go to God, we must first be searched. And oftentimes, I think there's something about being searched that, like, riles us up, makes us sweat, makes us uncomfortable, and and fills us with a sense of, like, panic and uncertainty. The searching that's required can bring all sorts of anxiety or even fear along with it. But next high school, here's why this matters for you tonight. Many of us in this room are afraid of going deeper. We're afraid of being searched. We're afraid of being known by others or or maybe even more likely being known by God. But I would encourage you to lean in for the next 15 minutes because you need to know that you don't have to be afraid to go deeper. You don't have to be afraid to be known. See, I know we all try to like protect our identity that we've created on the surface. We try to make others believe that the deepest and truest thing about us is like what team we're on or what friend group we're in, our achievements, what kind of vacations we take, how many people like us, which guys or girls are interested in us, how much fun we can have on the weekends or even like how good of a Christian we can be on a Wednesday night. But we build up these walls and we create this paper-thin, superficial identity because we're really afraid of going deeper and being fully known. Every secret, every insecurity, every mistake, and every doubt in our lives. We're afraid of those things being searched out and made known to others or to God because from our perspective, being known and searched means shame and guilt is coming. But what if it was possible for you to be both fully known and completely searched out and have no shame? Would you want that? Tonight we're talking about the fact that your identity is truly found and is completely secure beneath the surface of your cover-ups And yet above your deepest and darkest secrets. You're not defined by those things either. God God meets us somewhere in the middle. And if I could have you leave this place tonight and know one thing to be true. It would be that God is the one who really knows who you really are. God is the one who really knows who you really are. And this comes from a passage in scripture that I pray, probably more often than any other passage. Um, Psalm, Psalm 139 verse 1 says, Lord, you have searched me and known me. Now this is the beginning of a beautiful prayer that King David wrote down thousands of years ago. That God has preserved for his people that we can know more about him. Know more about his pursuit of us and what he says about who we are. And so if you have a Bible, go ahead. Make your way to Psalm 139. If you don't have a Bible, 
uh, we would love to give you a free one. So just stop by the table out in the hallway um, after, after tonight, and we'll get you guys a Bible. This is kind of like smack dab in the middle of your Bible, Psalm 139. Um, and if you don't have one, I got it on the screen. So if all else fails, follow along. Friends, Psalm 139, verses 1 through 6, say this. Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it. Lord, you have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. This wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty. I am unable to reach it. God, thank you for this text. Thank you for every student in this room. I pray tonight that you would search us and know us. In Jesus' name, amen. So the big idea is that God is the one who really knows who you really are. But my first point is that being fully known is about being in a relationship with God. Point one, being fully known is about being in a relationship with God. There's two like big theological ideas about God in this passage. Number one is that God is omniscient, which means he knows everything. And number two is God is omnipresent, which is a big word that means God is everywhere at all times. And as crazy as that is, I think we can get our head wrapped around it because if he's God, he's God, right? And many other religions in history have thought the same of their God. But what's the difference? Most pagan historical faiths have viewed their God as probably at least indifferent to humanity or if not, hostile. But the one true God in Scripture is different because his ability to know everything and be everywhere at once does not take away from the fact that he is intentional with every single one of us. He sees our life and he understands things about us that he cares deeply about. And he desires an intimate and personal relationship with you and me. And so being fully known is about being in a relationship with God. You see the word known in verse 1. That word, it kind of has this meaning of getting to know someone. Or in this case, Lord, you have searched me and have got to know me. This doesn't negate the fact that God knows everything already, but it shows us that he is intentional in his knowing of us. David writes, You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all my ways. God cares about the little things. He's close to us. He knows even when we sit and when we stand. He knows our thoughts. He understands them. He can perceive our intentions, whether good or bad. 
in the things that we talk about and think about. He sees the places we go. He sees the places that we're prone to wander to when we're vulnerable. And he sees us when we rest. And he cares about that too. He says he's aware of all of our ways. So I read this and I think, okay, the God of the universe has made himself familiar with me. Like I do with my fiance or my best friends or people close to me. I get to know them. I relate to them. I understand them. I become familiar with them in, in, in their life. For a handful of them, I even have their location on my phone. So I know where they travel and I know where they rest. I engage in deep conversations. I know what they're thinking about. And friends, God does the same with us, but far more completely. See, being fully known is about having an intimate relationship with God. But being fully known and being in a relationship doesn't quite give us reason to like just let go of our fears and anxieties. It's not like, cool, you know me, cool, I'm chill now. I'm like, no, it's still a reality of like, okay, but God could continually get to know me. And then what if in the end he rejects me? We all have this fear deep down inside of us that God has left us. So what if, what if he keeps getting to know me and he's intentional about knowing me and he fully knows me and in the end I disappoint him? What if I'm not good enough? These are real questions. And uh, Tim Keller, the pastor I quoted last week, he wrote this, uh, this quote I'm about to read and I think it will resonate and speak to those questions. And it says this, it's on the screen. To be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. It liberates, it frees us from pretense. We don't have to be somebody that we're not. It humbles us out of our self-righteousness. We can be okay not being okay, not being good enough. And it fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. Friends, we don't have to be afraid of our greatest fear, to be fully unknown and not loved. Because being fully known and fully loved can both be true with God. That's my second point. Being fully known and fully loved can both be true with God. David continues in his prayer and he says, Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. And I want you to see that we are so fully known by God that not only is every spoken word of ours heard and perceived, but every unspoken word is completely and fully known too. And so I see David admitting in this prayer that like, God's infinite knowledge and his infinite presence means that everything David has done, is doing, and will do is completely and altogether known already by his God. And, and what follows Verse 4 is crucial. He says, you have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. 
See, our instinct, friends, is to believe that if someone truly knew us, like God says he knows us, that they'd run away as fast as they can. And the truth is that might be the case for some people in our lives. But God, in his full knowledge, in his searching of our hearts and our minds, he doesn't run away. See, the phrase, you have encircled me, is a phrase that demonstrates a protective barrier around us. It means that God goes in front of us, he goes behind us, and he protects us from every direction. He surrounds us with his goodness. Nothing can get past God without his permission. That's what he's saying. And in that sense, he is with us always. He loves us, and we know that because He's with us. And so the comfort that comes from the protection of a God who sees everything about us is like a child who takes comfort knowing that their loving parent watches over them. And just like that displays God's love for us, so does the next line. And that says that you have placed your hand on me. Friends, this is a hand of grace and of blessing. This is the personal and very real hand of a loving father who knows us far more than we could ever know ourselves. And he shows us that he's not going anywhere. It's a hand of acceptance and assurance and ultimately allows us to be secure in our identity as a loved son or daughter of God. And in that same book, Keller writes that we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. And that good news is like tangibly felt in that fatherly hand of God on us as he searches us and he knows us. So my third and final point is that being fully known means God knows me more than I do. So verse 6, he says, This wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty. I'm unable to reach it. Friends, it's a wonderful and humbling place to be when we recognize that God knows us better than we know ourselves. Speaking about this, Charles Spurgeon writes, I cannot grasp it. I can hardly endure to think of it. The theme overwhelms me. I'm amazed and astounded at it. Such knowledge not only surpasses my comprehension, but even my imagination. And so two thoughts come to my mind when I read verse 6. The first thought is, who are we to think that we should or could define our identity? There's one who has knowledge so high and so unattainable that no matter how hard I try or how hard you try, we will not overcome it. And not only does he have unending knowledge, but he also created us. I'm amazed at how prideful we can be 
to try to create our own identity. So let's be humble. Let's let him define our identity because that's better. And we will unpack that plenty more over the next three weeks. So keep coming back. Keep leaning in. Psalm 139 is incredible. But the second thing that comes to mind is how wild it is that God actually does fully know me more than I know myself and yet still chooses to love me and forgive me. This is the glory of this message, that God actually does fully know you and can fully love you through Jesus Christ and fully forgive you. I'm messed up, I'm broken, I'm sinful, and so are you. And even, even though I think I know myself, I don't always love myself. He knows me fully, and he loves me fully. And so this is what I want you to hear. I want you to hear that God cannot forget your sin. He knows everything you've ever done but yet he actively chooses not to bring it back to mind. God forgetting our sin. God's actively choosing to just not bring it back to mind. That's freedom. And that's the freedom of being searched and known by God. So in summary, friends, being fully known is about being in a relationship with God. Being fully known and fully loved can both be true with God. Being fully known means God knows me more than I do. God is the one who really knows who you really are. We don't like being searched. We don't like being known. And so when it comes to like going to God, I think what happens is we start to panic. We start to sweat. And we're like... I got to bring up my anxiety. I got to bring up the relationships that hurt me. I got to bring up my pride. I got to bring this thing up, this sexual sin. I got to get this out and bring that to God. And he's got to search that, really? Yes. My father wounds, my doubt. We get anxious. But the words, search me and know me, apart from Jesus, that's a, that's a scary prayer to pray. That's what brings up the anxiety. That's what causes people to panic, those words. But friends, if you know Jesus, those words are probably the most peaceful prayer you could ever pray. And that's why I pray it so many times. Because being searched and known by the God that loves me is the most peaceful thing I could ever experience. And so when David prays this prayer, I think, you know, what's coming into my mind is he's just saying, Lord, you do the searching. I'm going to leave that to you. You can have all of me. 
I trust you. For the next few minutes, we're going to pray that prayer too. Last week, if you were here, you got one of these notebooks. If you have it, great, take it out. If you didn't bring it, you're like, I'm supposed to bring that every week? Why not? It's really cool when we can write down prayers. And so what I want you guys to do for the next few minutes is just where you're at. I just want you to pray. Lord, search me and know me. Ask God to search your heart and open your eyes to what you've been putting your identity in. And you can write that down if you have your notebook or if you have something else to write it down. It's always good to come back. And I want you to do that. And I want you to share it with your small group later tonight. And if you don't share it tonight, my ask and my application for you is that you would share that thing by the end of this series in four weeks. So let's pray. You guys pray where you're at. I'm going to pray where I'm at. Lord, search me and know me.